Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're doing a 10-team PPR mock draft from the 8th overall spot on Yahoo Fantasy. In today's video, we're going to be talking about my overall draft strategy from the 8th overall spot, as well as talking about other picks that are going on around me in the draft so that you guys could have the best idea of my thoughts about how the draft is going down. But before we get on into it, I would like to ask if you are new to my YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below, because not only is it free i put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship and while you're down there whether you are new or not please make sure to hit that like button to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video I would also like to let you guys know that I write articles every single day on Osmo.com. So if you enjoy reading content about fantasy football, make sure that you check out the link in the pinned comment or in the link in the description of Osmo.com where I write articles every single day. The best way to help me besides liking and subscribing on to my YouTube channel is by reading my articles. So please make sure that you guys check those out. So without further ado, let's get on into it. The first pick of the draft was Christian McCaffrey followed by Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. I would say 99 Point nine 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 percent of the time, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the number one overall pick, and I believe that is for good reason. He is one of the only running backs in fantasy football that can actually average 30-plus PPR points per game, and probably, honestly, is the only running back that can do that. After that, we see Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Nick Chubb. Typically, the first round is strangleholded by the running back position. Typically, only two to four non-running backs go inside of the first round. Then in the second round, you start to see more more non-running backs go and then in the third round is when the wide receiver brigade starts flying off the board and you might see the whole third round be the wide receiver position obviously that's unlikely but it is entirely possible so looking at the players we have to pick from right now Saquon Barkley Tyreek Hill Devontae Adam Stefan Diggs Travis Kelsey Jonathan Taylor Najee Harris now I'm still fine drafting with Saquon Barkley but I want to go ahead and secure a top five wide receiver in fantasy football and in my opinion the number one wide receiver in fantasy football and that is Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers now stuck there in Green Bay for at least this season Devontae Adams is going to pop off yet again it doesn't matter who this team brings in to be the wide receiver two three four who gives a fuck because Devontae Adams has such an extreme target share inside of this offense both on any point in the field as well as in the red zone this guy's a touchdown monster as well when you have a quarterback with the caliber of Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball and when you are a wide receiver the level of Devontae Adams great things are going to happen so to me Devontae Adams is a very safe pick inside of the first round after Adams came Saquon Barkley Tyreek Hill and Najee Harris after Najee Harris, we see Travis Kelsey come off the board, who typically goes in the back of the first round or the early second round. So looking at the board right now, to me, there is one very obvious pick, and that is Austin Eckler running back of the LA Chargers. Now, I understand that my roster could also look very good if I went Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs, basically shoring up the wide receiver position and having two top five top three maybe wide receivers in fantasy football but to me after this kind of run at running back that's probably about to occur when Eckler is going to be gone if I didn't take him he's not falling to the third round Jonathan Taylor we're also probably going to see Joe Mixon be gone CEH a couple other running backs that I would want to have are going to be gone and I want to definitely make sure that I sure up the running back position relatively early on in the draft and getting a running back like Austin Eckler is so key in fantasy football because while Austin 
Austin Eckler's never going to probably go out there and rush for a thousand rushing yards. Now he could because he is one of those running backs in the NFL that could actually rush for a thousand yards and get a thousand receiving yards, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. But where Austin Eckler gets all those points, his bread and butter is in the receiving game. Austin Eckler could be seeing a immense amount of dump offs game in and game out from Justin Herbert, the pervert there in LA. And if the defense is a lot better, which I expect it to be, then maybe they'll be able to run the ball out a lot in the game. Now, again, Austin Eckler's not technically a workhorse running back because he's not going to get out there and touch the ball 20 plus times a game. I doubt if I'm being honest. But even if he's not getting that immense amount of touches, he makes it up with the amount of receptions he gets game in and game out. And I assume that now with that Bozo, Anthony, Lynn gone, we're going to have some head coaching that is going to actually scheme the ball into Austin Eckler's hands or just see some coaching overall to scheme the ball into Austin Eckler's hands. So I believe that Austin Eckler is going to have quite the good season in 2021. He probably would have had a great season last year had he not have gotten hurt. The season started off terrible with Tyrod Taylor, but once Justin Herbert took over, things were looking mighty fine for Austin Eckler. After Eckler, we see Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Clyde, Edwards Hilaire, Justin Jefferson, Joe Mixon, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Darren Waller. Typically now at this point in the offseason, Darren Waller is the clear tight end number two. Now he is dealing with some type of injury because he has missed training camp for the last eight or nine days, I believe, but it's a smart move by him. He's on that contract year. He should just rehab and then obviously come back relatively soon. I doubt this will mean anything for actual football because he should be good to go by week one. After Darren Waller, we see Allen Robinson, Patty Mahomes, and David Montgomery. So we're back up on the board here, and we're probably going to be looking running back if I believe the value is good. If not, we'll just dip our toes into the wide receiver position. So here, I like J.K. Dobbins, and I like Chris Carson. I believe that Chris Carson is the safer pick, but I normally always pick him inside of the third round. So we're going to go with J.K. Dobbins this time around. J.K. Dobbins is on one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL, if not the most run-heavy team in the NFL. Now, I understand that Lamar Jackson accounts for a lot of that rushing on the team, but J.K. Dobbins is still going to be highly involved. They got rid of Maki Mock Ingram for the reason that is to give the keys to this offense to Justin or to uh, J.K. Dobbins as the lead running back on the team. I saw a lot of talent out of him at the Ohio State when it comes to having a pass-catching prowess in the offense. I believe he'll have much more of that for the Ravens in 2021. He was dominant down the stretch of the season when he was given the high workload, so I believe we see a lot of J.K. Dobbins scoring a bunch of touchdowns in 2021 and really dominating for fantasy football. After J.K. Dobbins, we see Chris Carson, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, and C.D. Lamb. So our team so far, we got Devontae Adams, Austin Eckler, and J.K. Dobbins through the first three rounds of the draft. Looking at the wide receiver position here, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. The only wide receivers I really like in this, ra- this range are Robert Woods as well as Tyler Lockett. So we're going to go ahead here and select Robert Woods. Woods wide receiver of the Los Angeles Rams. Now I understand a lot of people really like Cooper Cup, but to me, I think Robert Woods is the clear number one target on this team. I will like it to the or a Kennet, maybe that's the word. Maybe. I'm not too sure. Not a Webster's dictionary over here, so I do apologize for that if I use the wrong word. But I think that this is like in Detroit. With Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Robert Woods is Kenny Galladay with Matthew Stafford. And Cooper Cup is Marvin Jones. 
both who were really fucking good in 2019 went healthy. I think Robert Woods is the alpha wide receiver there, or at least just the number one target there in LA for the Rams. I believe this offense is going to be potent in 2021 with Matthew Stafford under center. Robert Woods was really fucking good with Jared Goff under center, and Jared Goff was basically bending Robert Woods over by the fact that he wasn't the most accurate quarterback, isn't the best quarterback. Now, Matthew Stafford is definitely not the best quarterback in the NFL, but to me, he's up there, and I think that this Rams team is going to be very good in 2021, and I expect very big things out of Robert Woods this season. After Robert Woods came Josh Allen, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, George Kittle, Darrell Henderson, Cooper Cup, and DeAndre Swift. Other injury news to be talking about, Justin Jefferson hurt his AC joint, likely to miss a couple of weeks. Nothing too big, but obviously that is an injury. DeAndre Swift has been missing practice for a while with a groin injury, and if you guys have been watching my videos for some time, if you haven't, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below, but I've been talking a lot about Mr. Jamal with two A's. Williams, backup running back in Detroit, about how they're talking about this one-two punch type of backfield, the hot hand approach. If DeAndre Swift starts missing some time, Jamal Williams might take over. It's not like this is the regime that drafted DeAndre Swift. Now, I like DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. He's a very talented player, but I'm, you know, I was already quite cautious on DeAndre Swift. Now I'm even more nervous after DeAndre Swift comes Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Lamar Jackson, Miles Sanders, and Josh Jacobs. Typically, whenever the quarterback comes off the board, which is probably the most confusing thing about fantasy football, because in every draft, it happens so differently. In some drafts, Pat Mahomes will go in the first round, and other drafts will fall all the way until the fifth round. But typically, after someone pops the cherry and drafts that quarterback, then you start to see more of them fly off the board. So we saw Mahomes, then we saw Josh Allen, now Lamar Jackson. I'm going to just think in my head that realistically by the time we uh, see the seventh round draft selection for ourselves that a bunch more quarterbacks will come off the board so if you want your quarterback at this point this is where you'd probably have to draft them so we see Kyle Pitts come off the board as well as Tyler Lockett Kyle Pitts is an excellent talent he's an excellent tight end but in his rookie year make sure that you stay cautious on drafting rookie tight ends now Kyle Pitts could be the exception he could be a top five finisher in fantasy football but only one in the last decade has done that and that's Evan Ingram so I'm fine drafting Kyle Pitts but in the fifth round around this range I am not really willing to be doing that looking at running back still available nothing there that I am overly in love with so I'm gonna draft Julio Jones here wide receiver of the Tennessee Titans Julio Jones is getting so underdrafted right now that it's fucking ridiculous Julio Jones has been a perennial top 10 top 5 wide receiver in fantasy football he missed a couple of games last year but if you look at his career as a whole this guy is not injury prone this guy is going to completely dominate in Tennessee and somehow people are going to be shocked when it happens they're going to be shocked when one of the best wide receivers in the NFL has a top 10, top 12 season. Yet again, you shouldn't be. Now, I understand that this is a team that likes to run the football in Tennessee. They like to, you know, establish the run there. But you don't bring in Julio Jones. You don't trade for Julio Jones if you're just going to fucking hand the ball off to Derrick Henry all the time. Julio Jones is going to be very involved in this offense. So, after we went with Julio Jones, Justin Herbert came off the board, followed by TJ Hawkinson, Travis Etienne, and Adam Thielen. So, we're going to go ahead here and snag another running back before this range of running back falls off the board. And it's between Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis for me. I like both of these guys. I think I have moved Mike Davis above Miles Gaskin, and it is like splitting hairs here. To me, Mike Davis, I know I pick him every single time inside the fifth, the sixth round, but it's because I don't like really drafting Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt is a fine running back. 
back, and he actually scored more points last season with Nick Chubb versus without, which should be a shocking statement, if I'm being honest with you, because you would think he would be better when he was getting the lion's share of carries, but that's not true. But he's still on a very run-heavy team in Cleveland. He's a fine pick, but to me, I don't really see top 10 upside with Kareem Hunt, even if he finished inside the top 12 last season. I just don't really see it. I think there's a much higher chance that Mike Davis or Miles Gaskin reach that peak. Mike Davis is the only running back in Atlanta. I don't even see any competition around him. He is going to absolutely feast Miles Gaskin. There is a little bit more competition with Salvin Ahmed there, Malcolm Brown. That fat fuck is probably going to vulture a couple of touchdowns. But overall, I feel pretty content with these teams here, with Mike Davis and with Miles Gaskin. So I'll happily select either of them at that pick. Let me know down below who you guys prefer inside of the sixth round. Is it Kareem Hunt? Is it Mike Davis? Or is it Miles Gaskin? Looking at the draft board after we went ahead and selected Mike Davis, Brandon Ayuk came off the board, Miles Gaskin, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and Mark Andrews. So it looks like I was right. A couple more quarterbacks coming off the board. Drafting Justin Herbert as the quarterback four off the board is a little bit crazy in my opinion. Now, he definitely has that upside, but Kyler Murray to me is just so much safer, right? There was not going to be, there was always the talk of a sophomore slump. I don't assume that to be happening to Justin Herbert, but Kyler Murray has a lot more rushing upside than Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott has a lot more opportunity to, th to throw potentially for like 5,000 yards or something ridiculous because the defense there in Dallas just sucks so much ass that they're going to have to be throwing the ball so much in the games. So I don't really lean with Justin Herbert there. I mean, he's a fine pick, but I definitely prefer Dak or Kyler Murray, especially Kyler Murray. After Mark Andrews came Deontay Johnson and Russell Wilson. Deontay Johnson is one of my favorite targets in the mid-round at the wide receiver position because I believe that him and Big Ben are boys. A couple of days ago, Deontay Johnson posted a picture on Instagram of him and him and Big Ben hugging, having a nice family photo, basically, and it was cute and all right, but guess what? That doesn't really mean anything. I just thought I would bring it up because, to me, it shows me that, look, these are some good friends, you know, and it doesn't, it shouldn't surprise you that they are good friends because Deontay Johnson gets fucking force-fed the ball in these games. Even when Deontay Johnson was dropping the ball left and right, Big Ben is still feeding him because he's always open. He makes the correct moves. He's the best wide receiver on this team. I believe he's going to be fed in targets again. Volume is key in fantasy football. I love Deontay Johnson. After Deontay Johnson came Russell Wilson, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, and Mr. T. Titty Boy T. Higgins, followed by his teammate Jamar Chase. There is lots of news out of camp right now that Jamar Chase is not looking good at all, that maybe there's that rust that comes into place when you don't play football since 2019. He didn't play in the 2020 collegiate football season, opting out for LSU. So I expect him to be fine, but that is obviously not the best news to be hearing when you draft a wide receiver so high in the draft over protecting your quarterback. Should have drafted Panay Sewell in my opinion, but again, I'm not going to harp too much on that because... Maybe it was the right move to draft Jamar Chase. After Tyler Higbee came Kenny Galladay and Robert Tunyon. We are at the range where I advise you not to draft a tight end. This is the dead zone at the tight end position. Again, Tunyon, Higbee, they could be really fucking good and it wouldn't surprise me, but I would rather much wait, or I would much rather wait a couple more rounds and then draft a later round tight end. So looking at the board right here, running back, wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool, Cortland Sutton. Here we're going to go ahead and select Cortland Sutton, wide receiver of the Denver. 
Denver Broncos. While there is definitely still some injury concern, his ADP has fallen down a decent bit. A couple of weeks ago, the report, or basically last week, the report was that Cortland Sutton, Vic Fangio was saying that Cortland Sutton just does not look ready. He was practicing up against the air in the offseason, which means he's training up against no one. And then once the big boys are there, once the DBs are there, once the defense is there, it's a whole different game. But I saw him catch a absolute 75-yard fucking bomb from Horsecock Drew Locke the other day, and he looked to be fine. So I'm pretty sure Cortland Sutton will be fine. I expect a big bounce-back season out of Cortland Sutton, looking at running back James Robinson, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. That's why I'm pretty happy that I already have the running backs on my team, those three running backs that I could very heavily rely on. Looking at the quarterback, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers. Typically, I wait on the quarterback position, but if I can stack Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, I'm going to do it basically every single time because I believe Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are going to have godlike seasons in 2021. This is the metaphorical last dance for these two in Green Bay. It appears that Rodgers is going to skedaddle his way out of there at the end of this season, and it appears the same thing could be true with Devontae Adams. This duo is just as reliable as it gets. It's like a Trojan condom of a fucking combo here. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's the old reliable. I believe heavily in this Green Bay Packers offense to succeed in 2021. Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that is handicapped by his rushing ability. This guy is probably going to rush for 100 yards, maybe get like one rushing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. He's not going to get like 10 rushing touchdowns or something. He's not going to go out there and juke out the defense. But what he's going to do is potentially put up 5,000 passing yards, potentially throw 50 touchdowns. Now, again, that is obviously on the very high side of things, 50 touchdowns, but throw 40 touchdowns and throw a very little amount of interceptions. And that's still very good for fantasy football. So I'm excited to get Aaron Rodgers on the team. Typically, I wait a little bit longer to get a quarterback, but when Aaron Rodgers is available in the eighth round and I could stack him with Devontae Adams, I am very excited at the prospect of doing that. So looking at the board right now, let's look at our team actually real quick. Let's pull us up. We have one, two, three, four wide receivers, and we have one, two, a three running back. So a good rule of thumb in fantasy football is to finish the draft with more running backs than wide receivers. And if you don't want to do that, then at least finish with the exact same amount of running backs as wide receivers, because it's very easy week in, week out. I make waiver wire videos every single week to just find some random wide receiver off the waiver wire. You throw them into your lineup and they could have a top 24 week. They could put up 10 plus points to have you not completely butt fucked at the, that position but at running back it is very hard to find someone off the waiver wire that you can play week in and week out unless there is obviously a huge injury and some random running back takes over which was the case with Mike Davis last year in Carolina and it was also the case in Jacksonville with James Robinson but it's very far in between far and few in between so that's why I like to draft a lot of running backs in these drafts James Robinson is a very interesting pick inside of the ninth round not because I'm in love with the situation he's in with Travis Etienne that is obviously very bad but to me, I don't think Travis Etienne necessarily has a stranglehold over this backfield just yet. I think it's going to take some time. So James Robinson should still be involved. I do like Michael Carter a lot more at this point. I wrote an article about my must-draft sleepers that I posted today on Osmo.com. And spoiler alert, Michael Michael Carter, he's one of those guys. Michael Carter, while he's not listed as the running back one right now for the Jets, Tevin Coleman is. And now there's a lot more reports going against Ty Johnson that I talked about yesterday. So I guess it probably is going to be Tevin Coleman as the number two running back behind Michael Carter or the number one. But I think eventually Michael Carter will easily be able to beat out 
Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, whoever is ahead of him, because Michael Carter is just such a talented running back out of UNC. I believe he's going to have a potential top 24 year in New York with the Jets, while the Jets probably aren't going to be running the ball a whole lot because as a whole, that team isn't the best. But Michael Carter is a very talented pass catching running back. So I expect big things out of Michael Carter in his rookie year. Typically, there is so much rookie hype for these running backs that are going to have a potential shot to be the number one guy in the backfield. And there's zero hype, zilch hype for Michael Carter, which makes no fucking sense. I understand he's on the Jets, but people hype up these ba- these running backs that end up just being backups all year that are rookies on these bad teams, but no one seems to be hyping up Michael Carter. So it's a bit confusing to me. David Johnson might be an all-time terrible pick, like in the fifth round last year, the fourth round last year. But right now, where we're looking at it, he's actually not the worst pick right here. Uh, looking at the other running backs available, Ronald Jones has already been taken, so that is a tough scene. But we are going to lean with Ronald Jones's backup in Leonard Fournette, because if something was to happen to Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette would become the starter on one of the better teams in the NFL with a strong defense that's able to run the ball a lot. But there's also a chance that maybe my assumption about Ronald Jones being the number one guy there is wrong. Bruce Arians loves to use that hot hand approach in Tampa Bay, which is what we talked about earlier with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, which could mean that Leonard Fournette is seeing a lot of volume inside the season. So I understand why he's getting drafted later, and I understand that he's definitely a risk, but when you're in the 10th round, all these players are basically fucking liabilities. So you might as well take the upside shot on Leonard Fournette having the opportunity to touch the ball a decent amount. Inside the ninth round, we did see a bunch of kickers come off the board. I know some people will talk about how drafting kickers or defenses early on in the draft is under is unrealistic because in my drafts, that doesn't happen. Now, you are in drafts, if you are saying that. Now, again, there's nothing against you for saying that. I agree. It is kind of unrealistic in a sense, but in a lot of leagues, people are drafting not with some sharps like yourself. They are drafting with, like, People from their office, they're drafting with their friends. And your friends aren't necessarily going to know that, hey, maybe I should put that running back depth on the team, the wide receiver depth. No, they want to get the defense and the kicker early, and that's great for you because the depth falls even further, so it's a good thing when that happens. After those defenses, we went Michael Carter, Ryan Tannehill, Robbie Anderson, Matt Stafford came off the board, James Robinson. Then we went Leonard Fournette, followed by Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Zach Moss, and Tyler Bass Pro Shop. Now, again, I don't love drafting David Johnson, but he is the number one running back on Houston, and he will probably play pretty solid. And there's a lot of signs right now, at least to me, that are pointing towards the fact that maybe, maybe, just maybe, Deshaun Watson is good. Maybe he's fine to play. Now, again, I don't understand the NFL. I don't know how he's not on the exempt list because of what is happening outside of the football field. But I also... We don't know if he did it or not. There's no way to know. So I don't know. I really have no idea what to think about Deshaun Watson. If he plays, then he's a top five quarterback in fantasy football. Even with that team being so shit, it is just a very weird situation to deal with. I'm going to move myself. We're going to do a fucking share slide like uh, at the beginning of those football games all the way on the left here so that you guys can see the right side of the board. I do apologize that it is covered by myself, but when you use the green screen, there's genuinely nowhere else I can put myself on the screen where I'm not at least covering up some picks, so I do apologize if you wanted to see that. Hopefully now you can. If you guys don't like the green screen in the mocks, I could always just put my camera down there like I normally do. 
with the background that's fine as well i don't really care some videos i'll set up the green screen other times i won't because it's very difficult to set it up with the green screen that i have so after tyler bass came tyler boyd dallas godert a j dylan gus bus edwards debo samuel dj chark and james connor so we're back up on the board here and likely to go with yet another running back if i like the value if not we're gonna go with a wide receiver and maybe even a tight end yeah looking at the board here it would be a bit of a reach so we are gonna go with running back jamal williams for the reason that i talked about earlier i believe that deandre swift you know he's gonna be the starter as long as he's not hurt but there is a chance that Jamal Williams is pretty heavily involved on this team, and that is worth the pick in itself in the 11th round. And looking at tight ends, I do like these tight ends. Like, I love drafting Irv Smith, but in the 11th round, I feel as though he would have fallen to us in the 12th, so I didn't want to pull the trigger necessarily. But after Irv Smith, it is really a dead zone at the tight end position, so I am definitely looking to go ahead and get Irv Smith at this spot. I believe that while the Minnesota Vikings are a run-heavy-ish attack with Dalvin Cook, it seemed less so in 2020 and I think in 2021 it'll be pretty similar where they're passing the ball a lot and Kyle Rudolph was still solid in fantasy again nothing special but with him gone Irv Smith splits with and without Kyle Rudolph are very good for when Kyle Rudolph is not there now he's gone Irv Smith definitely has the potential to be a very big breakout candidate in 2021 so I'm excited to draft Irv, Irv Smith here at this pick also interesting pick was James Conner who's a running back I also wrote about in that must draft sleeper article because of the fact that he might just straight up be the starter in Arizona all, all these reports are pointing to the fact that they're not trusting Chase Edmonds so maybe it's it's about who gets the hot hand is the report so maybe James Conner gets that hot hand and is the guy we're going to draft Irv Smith here again love drafting the tight end super late if you don't get one of those early guys because to me sure I like Higby, I like Tunyon, I like Logan Thomas, I like Dallas Godert, but to me, that's kind of a dead zone at the position. I'd rather just wait a little bit later, take an upside shot on Irv Smith, who I believe could be a top five tight end in fantasy football this season. So looking at the players still available here, actually, let's pull up our team real quick. So we have one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six running backs, and we have one, two, three, four wide receivers. So we're definitely looking to get another wide receiver on the team before we close out the draft. Still need a defense and a kicker, but I like to wait till the end of the draft. Don't need a backup quarterback if you draft Aaron Rodgers. And if you get Irv Smith to me, I don't think you need a backup tight end either. Once you get to those bye weeks, what you do is you just stream the position. You cut someone on your bench because while I love all these running backs, all these wide receivers that are on the bench now, someone's going to eventually be fucking terrible or end up getting hurt or something. And then you can cut someone that's just how it always is even if you're super confident in the draft on all these guys you're like damn this is my roster all year after week one some of these motherfuckers are going to end up getting cut so there will be players that you can cut on your roster to add a new quarterback and add a new tight end and if Irv Smith doesn't pan out you just cut Irv Smith a couple weeks in the season and add a new tight end to be your guy because every single year someone pops up off the waiver wire that is an elite tight end option so we are looking at wide receiver here I like Michael Gallup a lot this is in my opinion his last dance there in Dallas while he is a great wide receiver I believe he will get paid to be an elite wide receiver in the NFL or be maybe not the number three option as he is in Dallas behind Amari Cooper and behind CeeDee Lamb I think he is much better than that so he will probably unless he takes less money probably to play in Dallas I would think he would move on from Dallas and be much better next year still a fine pick in Dallas but he's not anywhere near the number two option on this team at least if Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb stay healthy Besides Gallup, Devonta Smith is still on the board. 
I don't understand Devonta Smith's ADP because it seemed to me like a couple weeks ago he's a locked and loaded 7th round pick, and now he's falling into like the 14th round because he got hurt. Like, let's click on the report here. Let me just read exactly what it says here. It's loading, loading, loading. Of course it's loading, right? Why, why would it want to load? I mean, I'm only connected to some great internet. I mean, to be honest with you guys, doesn't every internet provider just completely fucking suck regardless of who you have? I mean, this has nothing to do with the video. I can't even pick up the report here. But Devontae Smith, his injury is not super serious. He's going to be fine in a couple of weeks. So I'm not all that worried. I don't understand why his ADP is falling. So I am perfectly fine picking him here, even if we cannot read his report right here. Devontae Smith, MCL, out two to three weeks. Not a big deal. He'll be fine. So I'm going to go ahead and draft Devontae Smith. At this discount, that is easily the best pick here because Devontae Smith should be the wide receiver one in Philadelphia in targets. He's the clear alpha, the clear big dog there in Philadelphia. With Jalen Hurts, who I'm not completely sold in on, still going to be pretty solid quarterback play. So I'm all in on Devontae Smith here, especially this late in the draft. With him, in my opinion, who could easily finish as the rookie wide receiver one in fantasy. I say this because he is really the only option in Philly. He's the number one guy. Whereas Jamar Chase, I think he's going to have a good season. But, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. There's a lot. There's a lot of players there. I still like Jamar Chase a lot. But Devontae Smith has a clear path to getting a whole lot of targets in this offense. So I'm very sold in on Devontae Smith at his price right there. Definitely, uh, had he not have been available, I like Marvin Jones. I like Corey Davis. Oh, man, oh, man. Rashad Bateman. The report's not here. He got hurt. Now, there is no saying right now as I'm recording this what the injury is, how severe it is, but it didn't sound great based upon what I read. So if you guys need more up-to-date news, if you want news every single day about what's happening, make sure that you follow me on Twitter, at NotoriousFNTSY. I pretty much retweet every single big news blurb that occurs in the football world so that you guys can have the best idea about the injuries happening. So we need a defense. We need a kicker here. We're going to go up first and draft our kicker and get the boy, Willie Will Fuller, who's out. Is he, like, out for the season or something? Could miss eight weeks with a groin injury. Jeez Louise, we're going to draft Rodrigo. You sunk my Blankenship. I don't. I didn't read enough into that. Maybe Will Lutz will be fine for week one, and I'll look like a fucking idiot for not drafting him there, but I'm fine with Rodrigo Blankenship. I also like Young Hoku, but he's already off of the board. So with defenses, I don't know if I've talked about it thus far in this video. The reason why I don't draft the defense early is because that defense you draft early, sure, on paper, that's a great defense. But guess what? These defenses have bad matchups a lot of times in the season where that defense, even if it's super elite, that it's going to get pummeled. Typically every year, there's only one defense that really has that value throughout the season where regardless of the matchup, they're still balling. A couple years ago, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. After that, the Bears. Other years, Years, it's been the Patriots, but it's pretty hard to predict that. So say you don't get that elite defense, that one elite defense that is reliable week in and week out, you're going to be dealing with this May. So my advice to you is not to draft two defenses because there's going to be a lot of weeks where one of your defenses has a bad matchup and so does the other one where both do. So my advice is to stream the position. I make videos every single week during the regular season talking about streaming defenses, best defenses to add every single week to play the matchup. I advise you to draft based upon the week one matchup. The Broncos, I believe I have done some research and they are one of the teams that stick out to me. Denver, they've probably already been taken just because I said that. But if I can click on them and pull up their schedule, can I do that? Is that possible? No, of course not. Why would it be? But I believe their first three games involves the Jets and the Giants. Sounds pretty good to me. 
uh, especially since the Broncos' defense looks to be a lot better. So that's one of the big targets at defense. Haven't done enough of the research yet to solidify the fact that those are the defenses to draft, but you know, probably next week there'll be a defense video. There's also going to be a kicker rankings video at some point. Now, again, I'm not some type of expert at the kicking position, but, I mean... It's not that hard to figure out which kickers are going to be good, so I will make sure to do enough research for you guys so that you know which kickers to be drafting. So looking at the board here, we are going to go defense. We're just going to go with whatever the best defense available is, but again, that's not how you want to do it. You want to draft based upon their matchup in week one, and I will do that research, and I'll bring it back to you guys so that you guys know exactly who to draft for week one, or maybe they have a couple of good matchups like the uh, like the Denver Broncos like that I was just talking about. So now we can see our team at the end of the draft. Our starting quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, wide receivers Devon. Adams, Robert Woods, our running backs are Austin Eckler and J.K. Dobbins, tight end, Irv Smith, wide receiver, running back slash tight end, a.k.a. the flex, the no-flex zone. We have Julio Jones over there. We got Mike Davis. Let me move myself. Actually, I'm going to do the electric slide to the right so you can see the team better. After Mike Davis, we have Cortland Sutton, Michael Carter, Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, Devontae Smith, Rodrigo Blankenship, and the New Orleans Saints. This team is chef's kiss. Magnifique. Beautiful. Now, before we head out here, again, I want to tell you guys, when you're doing your mock drafts, please mock draft on the website you are going to be drafting on. If you draft in person on a real board, dude, the, the ADP is thrown completely out the window, but I do still advise mock drafting because you're still going to have a lot better of an idea versus if you don't mock draft, but please mock draft on the website you are going to be drafting on. That is the best way to get the edge on your league mates. So thank you guys all so much for watching this video. I love you guys. Make sure you check out my articles on Osmo.com. That is one of the best ways to help me out. Please, if you like reading them, or at least give them a chance, just read them. They, they, I don't make them super long. They're not some fucking novels. They're like two-minute reads. You get a good idea of my opinion on that player, and then you can get it out of there. You can read more articles and post articles every single day. So please check that out. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below if you are new and you enjoyed. Make sure to write down Saint in the comment section, the New Orleans Saints. Just, just write Saint in the comment section if you made it this far. I love you guys. Thank you for everything. We are getting so many subscribers every single day. It is beautiful. It is crazy, but I couldn't do it without you guys. Just remember that. At the end of the day, I do this for you guys, and I hope that you guys have been enjoying. I love you guys so much. Let's continue to keep on chucking 4.1 thousand subscribers right now. Hopefully by the end of the today, it's 14.2. I love you guys so much. Please make sure that you stay safe. Have a great rest of your guys' day, and have a good, what's today? The club's going up on a fucking Tuesday. Have a good Tuesday. I love you guys. Stay safe, as always. Good boy!